Welcome to Explore to Evolve, the travel show to inspire you to make your life the best adventure. I'm your host Vivi and in this episode we're talking about the influences of dances on our cultures around the world. Our guest today is Teresa Salin aka Teaser. She's a Swedish dancer living in Amsterdam and she has performed, taught and competed around the world with several dance styles. Next to dancing, traveling is her biggest passion and she has visited over 40 countries. She also does freelancing as a project manager and she has her own podcast called Dance Specific Talks. Let's get started. In which way does dance represent a culture for you? Oh, I feel like dance has so many cultures. Like every single dance style is it is its own culture because it comes from somewhere and every dance is like sprung out of a different language different songs different music and so i think always that the music comes first and then the dance is born and when people are moving it creates new subcultures and that's what's so cool i feel like dancing is that language that you can speak without words and you can learn actually just how you can learn French or German or whatever you can just learn a new way to move your body and so then you speak that language and that is so cool and it takes studies of course within dancing too to understand what you're doing it's one thing to copy dance moves and it's another thing to understand like really what they symbolize what they come from and that's one of the things that I love exploring there's just so little time in one lifetime to go to each every corner of the world and experience their own dancing like that that is for some people instead of a written language this is how they transform their history into their legacy and to pass it on through generations to generations when you don't have a written language you do it through the dancing so it can be so deep and Yet it's that thing we all do when we're going out to have like a social time with or without alcohol and drugs, you know. So it's like funny because it's like in all of us and I believe anyone can dance and it's never too late. But it can also be so spiritually connected and so historically connected that it also has like a, a seriousness to it as well. So yeah, culture is everything and dancing is definitely a part of why this world is so rich to me oh i love what you said there so do you feel that the depth of a culture correlates in the depth and the difficulty of the dance yeah i do think that the uh, dancing is an expression of that so in my lifetime as a dancer i fell in love very quickly with hip-hop and as many people know, hip-hop comes from, from the States, from New York City, from the different areas of New York City. And we can trace it back to late 60s, early 70s, where Black, Latino, and non-white communities were really struggling. And that is an expression of that. Hip-hop is born from funk. Hip-hop is born from the disco era. And so it has like passed on that need of positivity, need of release, need of thinking about something else than your actual reality and moving from 
fighting in the streets to dancing on the dance floor. And and that in itself was to save lives. So depending on how deep you want to go into every culture, you will find that it's an expression of something. Like we see Lindy Hop today as something super happy where it's like everyone is like uh, waving their fingers and dressing up <laughs> like, you know, the 20s or I don't know, but it's just the picture you have of Lindy Hop is one thing. And when you realize who started Lindy Hop and where it comes from, it goes back straight to the same history of minorities that had very tough lives and that found a little glimpse of a moment where they could express that frustration and release that and have a moment to just be their pure selves where they didn't have to adapt. And so, yeah, depending on where in the world you are, I think that a lot of dancing is born out of so many different reasons. So you feel that the dance evolves through the culture. Yeah, that's my personal view of it. Of course, there's, depending on where you look, is I think that it's, again, it usually the dancing comes from the music. And when the music changes due to trends or new influences, the dancing changes too, because the beats or the rhythm changes or depending on who is doing it. So, for example... There is a style called whacking that is from the LA area of the States. It was coming from, from the gay community of Black and Latinos because the music was disco funk. And so their way of moving was very much different from the James Brown funk. It's not the same because the disco made it faster. And so the arm movements became faster and so on and so on. And because of who did it compared to what tempo of the music, there's differences and it made it it's into its own branch and its own style. And um, yeah, that's just one example of how fast it can go. And we see it as well today with different like rave styles, birthing you know whatever shuffle dance or electro dance or tectronic there's just so many subcultures everywhere so it's uh, it's like a buffet of different <laughs> different cultures around the world that comes from different things yeah yeah and i find that's what like makes the world so rich as well in one part because depending on where you travel like you go to asia and you see these like beautiful dances that are not like the more western dances where like you move around and like there's a lot of like action going on there's like more precise and little movements with their hands and with their feet and their expression in their in their face and then you have the like more obviously I'm generalizing here like the more African dances that are like more tribal and like jumping and you know like communal and then you have like like it's so different and so diverse and I love that and I've never really paid too much attention to it I mean obviously I love observing the dance but I've once tried one of the Indian dances and it was so difficult and I believe it takes so much work to you know perfect these dances and it's so beautiful when people do how did you incorporate dance into your travels yeah so naturally when I started with hip-hop one of the basic elements of that is that uh, you go to battles you go to competitions and 
I am from a very small city. Like I am from the widest of little Sweden. There is just not a lot of culture where I'm from, as in different cultures. And so when I became a part of my first hip hop crew in the age of 15, 16, one of the things we were told was like, the goal is to train here and then go to battles and try out how good you are. Basically, try out uh, your skills and understanding what level you can be at. And that fuels then the motivation to keep on training. And so we started traveling very early, but it was mostly within the country. And then up in Scandinavia, usually what happens is that like Sweden, Norway, Denmark has more of a, uh, we can drive to each other's countries. It's still far. (laughs) depending on which country we're comparing to. Right now I live in Amsterdam and everything here in this country is within three hours. Nothing in Sweden is within three hours. So you would have to drive there and it would be the highlight of the year to go to certain events because you knew that there you would meet international dancers from France, from Belgium, from Germany, from wherever. And seeing different styles and realizing like what you're up against and what levels that you have to reach on these battles. But you would always do it. It's a part of supporting the culture is to go there and either support by watching or by participating, no matter what level you're on. That's a part of it. So that's how it started. And then of interest for dancing, it that like kind of took me. So then the biggest hip hop competition in the world used to be in Paris so then we would travel there to see like the Olympiads of hip-hop dance and like to really see the best of the world come together and then about eight years ago I started with couple dancing and now this is an interesting one because there are so many festivals within couple dancing as we used to want to go to a battle a few times a year there's festival winning couple dancing every weekend in every part of the world so when we started to perform within that scene me and my first mix and fusion group called fuse fam we started as a performance team and one way to get to go to all these festivals was to travel and perform at them so then we could come in for free sometimes they would pay our hotel sometimes they would pay our flights and then like you would try to get to a level where you also get actually paid for the shows and that took us around the world we have performed in Lebanon, in Dubai, and we teach workshops in the States. I have, we performed in in Turkey, in Spain. So because of these festivals, being in different places and international people moving around, they would see our show and then trying to book us to their festival, wherever that was. So definitely dancing has been a part of my traveling Also because you hear about this amazing festival somewhere and you would want to go there for also holiday mixed with dancing. So you first went to new places because of the dance and the competition and then you enjoyed the place. You're like, oh, this is a great place. And then sometimes you went back to explore it more because I imagine on a competition you only have, you know, a certain time. There's not too much time to actually go out and explore the country or the culture. Yeah, exactly. So in the beginning, it would just be exactly what you're saying. We would go, we would be on one hotel, not 
sometimes even leaving the hotel for three days because like you sleep in the hotel, the workshops are there, the performances are there. So there's no really a reason for you to leave. And because of budget things, they are also usually yeah. placing these festivals. They might be in Dubai, but it's like one hour outside of Dubai because that's where you find the biggest hotels with the best conference rooms in order to fit enough dancers and not having a budget uh, of the middle of the palm tree of Dubai. So you would also have to adapt to that. But what I've leaned more towards now is to really make it a, a trip. So for example, this summer, we knew we wanted to go to a festival in Bordeaux in France. But instead of just going there for those dates, we decided to go there for a full week and just enjoy Bordeaux for a few days because we know once the festival starts, only thing you do is eat, sleep, and dance. I love that. And it's so beautiful that you actually get to make it a trip and also explore something. So you actually know where you've been and you've seen more than just a hotel. And obviously the competition is amazing, but making it more of an experience and also tying your memories of the dance after competition to the plays that now you've actually also seen the plays. Yeah. That's so cool. This episode is sponsored by my travel planner. Kaylee, who bought a travel planner, took five minutes at the end of every travel day to answer the questions of the day, which helped her not only preserve these beautiful moments she had just experienced on her travel, but also made her notice how much she experienced on her travels and how much more of herself she started to understand and learn because she was using the travel planner. By using the weekly review, she was able to identify what she did and didn't love about her travel and the way she traveled and it helped her make adjustments that just led to a deeper and more fulfilling experience abroad. The My Travel Planner is the perfect gift for all travels, birthdays and Christmas. Available on Amazon, you can find the link in the show notes. So can you share one of your most impactful traveling experiences with us? Oh, that is so hard. <laughs> wow. So I've also done a lot of traveling without dancing, but just because it's, um, it's an interesting twist of it, I must say that one of the most memorable trips I've ever done was the fact that my father started dancing very late in his life. He started in the age of 57. And he decided to become an Argentinian tango dancer. Wow. Again, white, Swedish male, almost 60 years old, deciding to like start this super passionate dance from Latin America. And he went for it. After three years, he became a teacher in the little small town that we are from. And uh, he then just said like, why don't you come with me to Buenos Aires in Argentina? And... That was just one of the, probably the trips that I will keep the longest in my life. It was an incredible, before we even got to Buenos Aires, we also did a eight day horse riding trip over the Andes from Chile to Argentina. It was just so off grid. It was just me, my father, two local cowboys and a guide basically for eight days doing this mega trip where you can't even see a car and let alone make a phone call for eight days and over these mountains 
just to come to the Argentinian side. And then we went to Buenos Aires and just to see my father like step in there and trying to blend in with all these very proud Argentinian dancers was incredible. I knew some hip hop dancers in Buenos Aires. So I made like my own thing while he was doing his thing. But it was just something so beautiful that we could share. Like he knew I was out doing hip hop and house classes and he would do his Argentinian tango dancing with whatever all that means. Outfit, like the black and the red type of thing, the special shoes. It's a very different world. And um, I am so happy he started with dancing. It really made us closer. That trip I will forever cherish in my in my life. And it just showcased not only that it's never too late, but that you can also travel and meet locals and come so close with locals through dancing no matter if you speak the language or not yeah that's a beautiful thing about dance you don't actually need to talk very much you just talk with your body you talk through dance and you can just dance with anyone even if you don't know the language you just dance and you just feel the connection or you don't and it just clicks but i love this off-grid trip because i just find most of the off-grid trips take us so much deeper into and like really connect us to like who we are connect us more with the people we are with and really create deeper memories than if we just go to you know any big city spend a few days go to all the top 10 uh, sightseeing places take a few pictures eat at the nicest restaurants and leave mm. the memories and what we take from these off-grid trips is just so much deeper and so much more profound 100 percent. i mean i will never forget that we had to ride about eight hours to come across one mountain. And then when you came down in the valley after eight hours of riding, you know, drinking the water from the stream of the glaciers and all of this, we came to like one little house in that valley. And that's where we had to sleep. That was the only family in that valley. Then the same thing the next day and the next day. And in the end, we reached two very incredible women one of them was living in between two glaciers glaciers yeah and she was alone there because when you have uh, kids so far off they have to send them to schools where the kids are staying until it's holiday because you can't ride with them eight hours to school every day so they kind of you send your kids off and she was just alone there wow in the middle of these two gigantic mountain chains with horses and sheep and lamb and two dogs and all her vegetable gardens and the chickens. And there was no man around. There's no kids to help her. If something happens to her, it's over. You know, like she, you can't call anyone. And the only way to know if anyone is alive is to right above that mountain and down in that valley. And we, we went there, we stayed with her amazing and the next day we went to the last stop and it was a woman who had decided to not only go in the middle of nowhere but also build her house on an island in a lake in the middle of this whole place everything she ever brought to this island was like recycled and stuff like this she just lived on her own 
vegetarian diet with her chickens. And she just felt that this was the only place that she could actually find complete peace. Just waking up with the mountains, crystal clear water outside, 85 years old. And that's just where she wanted to be, as far away from people and roads and cars as possible. And to have seen that anyone lives like that just makes you get perspective on everything, right? Like you cannot feel more far away. Yeah. And that's where she found her peace. That is such an incredible story to hear. It kind of makes me sad because a lot of these people that lived like that, you know, once once they die, unfortunately, I feel there's not going to be a lot of new people. Or maybe there will be, you know, new people coming and like looking for places to live completely off grid. But it takes so much to actually live like that and be by yourself and do everything with no help. You know, every day is just hard work, needing to find your food, needing to grow your vegetables, needing to make sure your chickens are fed. And if you're sick, you're sick. There's no one who takes over, right? <laughs> no, and we're so, you know, I feel like I go in my grocery shop every single day because I don't have to really plan that. If I yeah. need something, I just go. And yeah, when you have to take a boat to get to a horse, to get to a road, to get to a car, and then to drive to a city, like that's when you're like, yeah, you really have to think about your resources. That's for sure. Oh, yeah. But it's also so humbling. And it reminds us that we don't actually need anything. Like we just need any basic food and then the peace. And that's all we need for a simple, beautiful life that we can enjoy. So beautiful. Okay. I have one last question for you. The question I always love at asking at the end is, what does living life fully mean to you? Oh, Yeah. I always tell my students that like, it sounds so cliche, but what I get out of dancing is that for just that moment, I cannot think about three steps ahead or three steps that has already passed. In order for me to be with the music and on the music, I really need to be in the moment. So that is what it means to live for me fully in the moment. It's usually, can I be in here and not think about the future or the past at the same time? I must say that I am definitely in like a growing phase in my life where I have been very much focused on my passion. But that also comes with that you are very narrow in your views, right? So... I'm only talking about dance with dancers and hanging out with dancers. And I heard yesterday in a podcast that there's two types of people. There's the woodpeckers that really just go on one thing for their whole life. And then there's the hummingbirds that are pollinating this earth by going to different flowers and trying different things. And a lot of people don't have one passion in life. They are always feeling like, oh, I haven't found that one thing, but actually those are also people we need in this world. We need people that are curious and let curiosity lead instead of looking for a passion or only being involved with one thing. And I think that I'm attending to be more of a hummingbird for the upcoming period of my life and really let curiosity lead 
no matter where I want to travel, no matter where what I want to work with or which people I want to have around me. And that is for me what I think about right now when it comes to living the fullest, just to be more curious and letting and daring to listen to that curiosity and daring to see what that curiosity wants to show us really. Can it lead to something I never thought I would do or experience before? So beautifully said. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom with us. So grateful for you. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) It's been really great. And we share all of your links down below so people can find you and know where to go from there. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Explore to Evolve. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it with your friends and family. And don't forget to subscribe to the show so you get notified every Tuesday and Thursday when new episodes drop. If you enjoy dancing, check out Teaser's podcast at Dance Specific Talks and all the links in the show notes. Thank you so much and enjoy your day.